When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Bleeding Blue. This is a New York football Giants history show. And with me today is one of my best friends, Nikki Snacks. How are you doing? Last week, we talked with Barstool Clem. This week, we are talking about like the history of free agency and the like the best Giants free agents, some of the worst Giants free agent acquisitions ever. Snacks, how are you doing? I am doing phenomenal. Uh, I will say that I, I look at you when we do the Zoom call, but I'm looking at myself right now and I look about as pale as Casper and with the red hair, people would probably wish me a happy St. Patty's Day coming up soon, but that's mm. not the case. So uh, I don't want to hear it. Uh, other than that, I am doing great. In terms of the hair, we talked last week with Clem. And it looked awesome. I don't even know if you did it on purpose. Did you do it on purpose? No, I did not. It's just how I I, I put my hair up after the shower. That's that's how it goes. And we did talk about the one and a half, the one and a half weeks. And right now you're seeing hair that is long overdue. Yeah. So you tried this week. I tried. The whole conversation that we have with Clem about one and a half weeks is the perfect hair length. I think we're seeing that. You are 100% seeing it because yeah. this is not as long as I like it. Oh, my God. We're back. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how I, I put it off the side. Next week, I will be beautifully shaved. The hair will still be up, but it will not be this long because I wish I could just spike it back like this, just like perfectly red spiked back. You know, like Tony Soprano did all that. Oh, oh, slick back hair, slick back hair, yeah. slick back hair. But so, I can't, I can't do that. My hair is very thick. Ben and it grows, McAdoo it grows like a weed. See, that's funny. You you mentioned Ben McAdoo. No, not Ben McAdoo. Ben McAdoo is a miserable little bitch, and I know want to talk about him. Um, He's dead. He, dead assen- to you. Uh, essentially, uh, maybe not dead to me. He apparently wanted Patrick Mahomes, so we will give him that. But his coaching tenure in New York dead to me is that going to be a a talking point in giants history like you know how it's a talking point in jets history about how bill belichick was the coach for 24 hours is that going to be a talking point in giants history that ben mcadoo wanted pat mahomes because it is right now but will it like five years from now i don't think so probably not um i guess it really depends on daniel jones being the next quarterback or whoever we draft next and if they're good um 
but yeah, those, uh, I don't know if those rumors are real or those reports are real that he wanted to trade it. up. I do. I, so do I. Um, I very much believe it. Where there's smoke, there's fire, correct? We're talking today about the Giants free agency and the Giants, uh, the history of the Giants free agency. Now, most like a lot of things that we've done, we've had a few episodes where we've talked about some 80s and 90s teams, et cetera, et cetera. You know, uh, the beauty about this show is that we have all the time to get to it. But the interesting thing about free, the history of free agency and Snacks and I, as we were preparing for the show, we felt bad that we didn't have maybe some older players. And I put this in quotes, older players on our list in terms of the best or worst Giants free agent signings of all time. However, Snacks, do you know when like the whole period of unrestricted free agency, do you know when that actually officially started? Off the top of my head, I do not. So yes. I know I what you guess. Know- you want me to guess? Okay. Yes. Unrestricted. I'm going to say 1983. It's a good guess. It's a good guess, but 10 years later, 1993. Wow. Which is wild, long? right? Okay. Yeah, that is wild. So when we get to the list of which, you know, we're, we're not going to say it yet, but there's a reason that maybe we don't have free agents from that time on, on this list. Right. And also... It's so strange to view free agency, especially as we think about it right now, you know, thinking about, whoa, what, what, what are the giant, what do we want the giants to do? What is the correct way, the correct way to win in the national football? Like, obviously we know it's through the draft, but it's always just so tempting to go out there and get the big name. You know, the big name can just transform your team. And even if you can get, you know, two big names, right. They, Oh, it's like, it's so tempting to do it just like we did in 2016. So three, bi- three big names in 2016, three, three big names in 2016. So yeah. it's so tempting to do that, but then also thinking about the league history and really <laughs> for at least like the first, I don't know, five years of free agency, at least the giants had, I, I don't know if there's, we don't have a single name on our list. That's any kind of noteworthy significance in terms of when unrestricted free agency started. So in 1993, the owners granted the players free agency in exchange for a salary cap. So that's where the salary cap was implemented. And I think having a salary cap, you know, why the NFL is so awesome is that there is no, besides the Patriots, and that's why it's impressive <laughs> what they did. There really are no dynasties, right? Where it's not like the NBA. It's not like the NBA, where you can have just superstars gathering in one place and then they're set for a couple of years until those superstars may want to move on. Yeah. Um, but let's actually jump back before we get to 1993. I kind of want to go through the history of free agency just in the NFL in general. So take me on this ride. I'm, I'm going to basically I'm almost just going to be reading from this uh, from this Bleacher Report article that was written in 2008 by Alvin Dominique. Thank you, Alvin. I hope you are well and I hope you are surviving in the world. <laughs> OK, originally. The NFL used the reserve system that was created in Major League Baseball. And under that system, once the player's contract expired, he could renegotiate with the team that owned his contract. And if the player did not work out a new deal, but he wanted to play, his team could renew his old contract with up to a 10% pay cut. Otherwise, the player was put on the reserve list and no other teams were allowed to negotiate with him. The only way a player could move to another team was to retire or hope his team sold or traded his contract. So there was no free agency snacks. But then in 1947, 
The league adopted the one-year option rule. The rule limited the team's ability to automatically renew a player's contract to just one year. Many owners used the reserve clause to, to indefinitely renew players' contract and the one-year option stop that practice. So it was basically, if you don't come to that agreement, instead of taking that 10% pay cut, you have that one-year option. And if you don't come to an agreement with that one-year option, then you can kind of test free agency in the open market. However, it took 16 years before a player actually hit free agency after that one-year option. Yeah. 16 years, R.C. Owens became the first player to change teams. He signed with the Baltimore Colts after playing out his one-year option with the 49ers, and the move prompted the owners to create the Roselle Rule in 1963. Now, in 1963, after this guy, R.C. Owens, who was I think was, he was a wide receiver, he moved to the Baltimore Colts. The San Francisco 49ers were left saying, well, what the hell? This guy's just going to leave our team and we're just going to suffer like that? That's not fair. So the Roselle rule was basically the first attempt at compensation, like a comp pick. And the commissioner at the time, Roselle, Roselle, basically he determined what would the compensation be for a player. So one man, the commissioner. So so, so Pete Rose, he was the one that – Essentially, compensatory picks? Yes. With so, Pete Roselle? Yes. So basically, you either got picks in the draft, um, monetary, wow. like, uh, you know, cash considerations. Yeah. Or, or I even think that there were players that – I don't know if there were players that were traded or if it was, if it was, if it was just cash, cash consideration or and or draft picks. Oh. R.C. Owens caught, like, some 26 passes – in in 1963, and I think in return, the San Francisco 49ers were given like two first round draft picks. Two, yes, two, <laughs> two, two first round draft picks for now. I, I maybe 26 passes caught in 1963 translates to 100. You know, well, yeah, I mean, it easily could because we had a we had an All Pro safety and one that was I think second in the running for Defensive Player of the Year that. Got us a third round compensatory pick. So how the times have changed. Two first round picks. Yeah. Are you kidding me? And he caught 26 passes during the the previous season in San Francisco. Yeah. Well, I almost feel like 26 in that time was a lot. Am I crazy? Maybe not a lot, but we'll have to do two first round picks. We'll have to do some digging on that, but still two two first round picks as well. It was also the first one. It was also the first uh, one right, of that. Happening. So, so it's, it's an experimental thing that they, they ran through. Right. And I think they, they kind of cleaned it up. I, I would assume. Well, they definitely did because there was a whole bunch of court case. Like there were legitimately like court cases where yeah. you had owners suing the league. You had players suing the league because at some point, you know, if you think about it, the owners had, you know, owners had a lot of power. So the owners were saying, well, this is not fair. We should be compensated for losing these players. And then right. basically that took away the power of the players to leave after their, their, their one-year option. So then it's like, well, why are we going to leave if, you know, all of these, if, if we're restricted and where we can go and teams don't want to pick up, teams don't want to pick up uh, the us as players because they don't want to give up cash consideration. They don't want to give up the, these picks or whatever. So everybody was mad. 
everybody was mad because this was just such an unforeseen time. There were so many court decisions stemming from like 1976 all the way going up to basically 1987, which 1987 was the big strike um, where for the first like four games of the season, you had replacement players and the Giants. Interesting about the 1987 season for the Giants. We may have to make a whole episode about this next. She's going to say the 1987 (laughs) season was after we won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And the year after. Yeah, the year after. Sorry, the year after we won the Super Bowl, our first Super Bowl, Giants missed the playoffs, and they started like 0-5. Mm-hmm. Terrible. <laughs> it was Not terrible. Good. Not good. No, so um, 1987, there's more CBA, you know, collective bargaining agreements that are that are put in place. They went on strike. They eventually came back towards the middle of the year. I mean, it was. I, I, I saw that there was one game – I might have been in Buffalo. No, the Buffalo game was the first game they were back, but there was a game. I'm pretty sure it was in Giants Stadium. Had like nine thousand people in attendance. Jesus, like just no nobody wanted to see. Um, sure everything sounds like it. Yeah. Everybody play. So <laughs> eventually we get to 1993. Owners have the salary cap, and now it's free agency, kind of as we know it. But especially as a criminal justice major, hearing that there was all these cases and there was all like these arguments. I would have loved to just be in a courtroom. I would have loved it. Like, oh, how, how are you, how are you actually going to present this about football? Right. <laughs> and you know, it's funny Like when you were starting to talk about that, I was thinking like baseball arbitration. Cause when I think yeah. of baseball arbitration, I think of like Aaron judge, Aaron Boone, Brian Cashman, all going into a courtroom, Yeah, <laughs> you know? So that actually blows my mind that free agency, what we know it today and what we're seeing today and the restructuring and, and all these different things to what it was back then. Absolute lunacy. Yeah. It's two completely different worlds. And obviously, yes, of course, the money and, and everything like that. But I mean, that that's that's crazy. So that, yeah. that, that is a and very of- good history lesson. And one of the reasons why, you know, you, you might be sitting there and wondering yourself, because I was certainly sitting here and wondering myself and I had to do some theory thinking and this is my theory you may be sitting there and wondering well why wasn't there any moves for so long why did you know from that one year option point yeah. how come nobody moved teams well, you also have to remember the afl and the nfl were basically two different leagues mm-hmm. you know so it, it was, wasn't like it wasn't one nfl at the time no yeah. no so it's not like you know the somebody from the giants could easily go um to the Jets, let's just say, you know, because the Jets, though, those those two teams, they were in, in the different the different leagues, not even different conferences. They yeah. were just in the Completely different, leagues. different leagues. Yeah. And you know, as we all know, the AFL was very inferior to um, the Correct. NFL. Correct. So one of the first guys to really go against the tide of actually picking a team and signing with a team after being with the previous team. Snacks, this is also a little Giants history nugget. Let's hear it. The highest scoring player in Giants franchise history is kicker Peak Gogolak. And he was a kicker for the Giants in the 60s. He signed with the Giants in 1966. So Pete Gogolak was initially a part of the Buffalo Bills and Buffalo Bills and New York Giants. They were into the two separate leagues. Giants were in the NFL. Buffalo Bills were in the the NFL. So while the two leagues completed competed for incoming collegiate talent, there was a gentleman's agreement to not lure entrenched talent from either league with hefty contracts. 
That all changed, however, when the Giants caught a glimpse of Gogolak. Gogolak, who was the AFL's Buffalo Bills in 1964, was the professional football's first soccer-style kicker, a method so wildly used today that the original straight-ahead toe-kicking approach has been completely washed from the game. Slipping from a dynastic era, the Giants thought it was worth to steal a one-of-a-kind talent like Gogolak from the rival league, despite the backlash that was that was soon to follow. As expected, the, a- the AFL retaliated to the Gogolak signing, spurring a bidding war for star players that ultimately led to a full merger between the AFL and the NFL in 1970. Gogolak finished out his career with the Giants, playing until 1974, retiring as the franchise all-time leading scorer with 646 points. I still think that is the all-time leading scoring total. Um, and had And had Pete Gogolak never jumped from the AFL to the NFL nearly five decades ago, who knows if we'd be watching the Super Bowl two Sundays from now, which I'm guessing that is when the article was written that I am reading. So Pete Gogolak. Pete Gogolak, baby. A round of applause. I mean, we, we don't we don't usually give a lot of a lot of emphasis to kickers outside of like Lawrence Tynes in our our first um, few months of doing the re the revamp bleeding blue. But that's an unbelievable stat right there, Justin. Yes, and I missed the stat man here. Bleacher Report had the best free agent acquisitions in Giants history. They put Pete Gogolak at number three. They did. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm guessing well, he's not on your on your on your list next. See, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna segue right into it. Yes. So we are going to do a snacks pantry today. And as you could tell, we are focusing on free agency. Justin just gave a great rundown of it. And free agency opens this week. Correct? Yes. That's yeah. Topical and timely. It's topical and timely. And that's exactly what we're going to do. Pete uh, Gargle. 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 Fuckle. Whatever he was. Simon and Garfunkel. There you go. That's. One of the best Giants free agent signing, maybe the best free agent signing in NFL history. It yeah. very well could be. Um, just just based on the information given by by Justin. So I want to preface by saying one thing. We are going to do the top five snacks pantry. Remember, this is my opinion. Justin has no idea what anybody, nothing. We're going to do the top five worst free agent signings and the top ten best free agent signings. So the caveat is I was born in 1993. Um, I don't know much before I, that. Ironically enough. Ironically enough. That is the first year which NFL free agency started. There you go. So I was going to say if anybody from the pre-Strahan era, um, I know we got some some listeners out there who are young at heart and maybe on their birth certificate aren't exactly – young at heart. That's okay. We love you. Um, but to fill us in on anything that went on in the eighties and and early nineties, because we don't really know that. And I didn't want to give you guys information based on stuff I read on the internet. So I'm going to give you guys stuff from my heart. And that's, that's what a pantry is. Am I wrong, Justin? Why I think, and this is, again, this is my theory. Why I think that there's not going to be a lot of, um, really names that were missing that the giants might've signed in free agency, whether it be mid eighties, late eighties, and then definitely from 93 to, you know, whenever a a, a good quarterback was signed. Right. Right. Mm. Because the giants after Phil Sims retired, like 93, 94, the giants got 
royally fucked with losing out on all of their good players. Like they had all these good players from, you know, winning the two Super Bowls, and then they lost them all. You know, the salary cap is now implemented. Um, the NFL shifted. Like it, yeah. it, it almost shifted to what it is today, and the Giants couldn't keep up. Yeah, I, I, and that's I'm why they sure. went to that. That's why they went to the to the abyss for that period of time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, who was I, I always get them confused. Um, who was the quarterback the Giants had? Um, hold, 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 it hold. It, after Phil Sims, basically. It wasn't Danny Cannell, right? Or Brian? It was Dave Brown. Dave Brown. Dave Brown. 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 So what did I say? O'Brien. Fucking idiot. You're an idiot. Um, so basically when Dan Reeves was brought in, you know, the 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 replacement after Parcells is fired because he stinks. So Dan Reeves is yeah. brought in. The Giants actually took Dave Brown with like a number one supplementary draft pick because they lost so many good players that they drafted Dave Brown. And as we know, you know, Dave Brown and Dan Reeves, they kind of they kind of struggled and they were okay, which is kind of you know, which is kind of cool because now seeing like, oh, we view the Giants with 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 Dave Brown and you know uh, Dan Reeves, we view them to be kind of disappointing. But knowing the adversity that they might have been put through with how many players that they lost, it kind of gives actually, you a different light. Yeah. Yeah. Like they almost if if people were realist back in the day and knowing what everything was transpiring in the NFL, you could almost say it was I well, you can't say Reeves and Brown were a success, but it wasn't the ultimate failure that no. people come to think of it as. No. Because you know, you win Super Bowls after that many years after that and Super Bowls before it, but they were given a raw deal. So yeah, there's no fault to their own there. No. And the NFL, like you said, the NFL just changed so drastically. Right. So that's the, so that's why I don't think we're going to be like missing any big name. Like, Oh, how the fuck did we not pick this guy up? And how did you not put him on your pantry? Right. Even though your pantry is not wrong. No, my pantry is never wrong. Never this wrong. Is- what, I have 10 guys here, best freedom signings and five worst freedom signings. When I tell you, there couldn't be a more perfect list ever created. This is true. The 10 are right and the five are completely right. So I don't want to fucking hear it. The first all. one that we're going to talk about. Top we're going to go worst. Best free. Oh, worst. No, we're going to go worst first. Can I give you one of the best, though? Orleans dark. Do you, you want to go? Do you want to go best first? Because I figure we, we save, we save the best and happiest times for last. That was Orleans, my thought process, but Orleans Darqua was originally a Miami dolphin. I think he was undrafted and then he was cut. And then the giants signed him. And it's I definitely, I didn't even think Orleans Darqua deserved an honorable mention. So, wow. Yeah. That's why I mentioned him first. Yeah, so maybe we should just go top five worst. Okay, top five worst. Definitely on that list has to be. Boom, boom, time out. Snacks Pantry, top 10 best Giants free agent signings of all time. Top worst Giants free agent signings of all time. We start with the top five worst free agent signings of all time. Justin, go. Okay. I think everybody understood that. Well, I just want to clarify it again. Okay. Um. I'm going to go with, let's go with JT Thomas. JT Thomas. Good guess. Not on the top five. Worst. Um, Wow. Yeah, I know. I have a good story about him. That's how bad it's been. You have a good story? I want to hear it because the the contract that was given out to him was very ill-advised. 
Uh, he was shot. I don't know why that ever happened. I think he probably got five or six million a year. Really bad. But yes. JT Thomas, not on the list. I think, um, remember when the Jaguars shut out the Giants? Yeah. So they saw him up front and yeah. it's like, okay, yeah. He balled out that game. Right. <laughs> and then they're like, let's give him five, like four million, five million a year. Yeah. Um, yeah. For a couple for, of years. For one game. For one game. We really think he could rock and roll. That's, that's Jerry Reese for you, baby. Um, yeah. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> it's Jerry, Jerry Reese, rock and roll. Um, J, my favorite memory of JT Thomas was always seeing him hurt during training camp. And the ironic part about him always being hurt is that he always was the hardest worked football player on the field because they Playing would just run rep. him. Yeah. They would run him. Yeah. Holy shit. I would be like, I feel the worst for you right now. Yeah. Because he, he's taking every single rep and every single play. I can understand. I can understand. But um, JT Thomas was not a very good signing by the Giants. and But fortunately for him, he doesn't make this list. LeVar Arrington. LeVar Arrington. Ding, 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 ding. Number two what? on my list. Uh, LeVar Arrington signed a seven-year, $49 million deal before the 2006 season. Um, he played six games and recorded 14 tackles. He ruptured his Achilles during his best game against Dallas that year, and he never played football again. How excited have, were you? Do I have to say any more? How excited were you, though, for that signing? I was I was pumped. LeVar Arrington was a stud, like, yeah. in Washington and shit. Like, and he had that, that, that face mask with the, the bull in the front. Oh, my God. I was pumped, pumped, pumped about LeVar Arrington. And them watching him, and especially watching him break out in his seventh game, when it, uh oh, uh oh. Look at this. So there, that's that's his helmet right there. Yes. Yeah. So I played for the Rollway Chiefs for Pop Warner. I stole this helmet because I this was this was the my favorite football I ever played. I still have the fucking mouthpiece on here too. Isn't that that's gross? Disgusting. Throw it out, please. <laughs> it's gross. Throw it out. It's you know COVID, buddy. COVID. <laughs> no, it's if you if you put this in your mouth, you'll be immune to everything. Um, oh, uh, that's that's. That's, that's a drop. Disgusting. If you if you put this in your mouth, you'll be immune to everything. That's, that's a drop. Yeah. Please, yeah so please. the I always it's funny. I was never I was rarely a defensive lineman. I was always an offensive lineman. But the bull ring, I loved the bull ring. Every year I had I had to order a custom face mix and and just screw it on. So it has to be one of the the most iconic face masks ever. And Lavar Arrington wearing that and then being a productive player in Washington and then signing him, great. So LeVar Arrington was a great guest. I can't believe you actually got that um, real quick. But, yes, that's number two on the pantry's top five worst Giants free agent signings of all time. Who else you got? I know you. You do. And I know that one of the 2016, maybe even two of the 2016 free agent signings are going to be on there. I'm going to go with Olivier Vernon. Bang. There you go. Very smart choice. The one... One of the three, and you nailed it. Olivier Vernon was signed to a, I think it was a five-year, $85 million deal um, to come help this pass rush that was non-existent before he got there and was still pretty non-existent when he got there. Um, he was never lived up to the bill of his contract. And to me, he always seemed, I don't want to say the word out loud, um, if anybody has cats, 
He is something like that. Oh, P U double S. Yeah, yeah, something like that. That's what Puss he was. In boots. That, exactly. There you go. Great movie. Um, but he never li- he never lived up to the bill of that contract. He came over from Miami, and people thought he was like this pass rushing specialist, and he, he just wasn't. I think his highest total was eight and a half sacks for us. Yeah. Um, he always missed games. We wound up trading him. Um, I think it was year th- going into year three we traded him. Mm-hmm. So he was he is absolutely on my top five worst signings, and he comes in at number five. The ironic thing about Olivier Vernon is that the one year he was good, you know, didn't, maybe didn't deserve the contract in 2016. But in the 16, team was good. He, he was good. No, he, he also was good. Like he he did he ran the you know. Played he played the, all he play, I think he played all 16 games or no, yeah, JPP missed time. I think he played all 16 games. No, it was Vernon who played all 16 and he played the run very well. He just never got to the quarterback Spags. like his contract could tell you. And the you know, the ironic thing about the not only him in that season, but the ironic thing about Spags and the Giants that 2016 season, they had no pass rushing depth when that's what the no. Giants have been basically been built on is right. the depth that, you know, pass rush, you know, depth that pass rusher. So he was playing like over 90% of the snaps. I mean, they yeah. ran him into the ground. They ran him and JPP into the ground that, yeah. that year because um, they just had no other option. Ironically, I keep on saying ironically enough, shut the fuck up. Okwara was not that bad. Um, no, Okwara was very good. And that's actually, uh, we, we don't talk about present day Giants, but our general manager now letting Okwara walk like that was kind of a travesty to me. All right. All right, um, all right, all right. Yeah, either way. Uh, but yeah, Vernon, he he just did not live up to that to that contract, and um, he was very solid for that one year. But after that, it was it was all downhill. So you got Lavar Arrington two and Olivier Vernon five. Who else you got? Carlos Emmons. Carlos Emmons is a really 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 good guess. Really good, um, and I'm almost stunned that you even said his name. Uh, but no, he's not on there. Whoa! I know, I know. Oh, this I is know. gonna get tough then. Well, number one, you probably piss you off a little bit. Um, I can give you a hint if it's you Leonard like. Will- is it Leonard Williams? <laughs> no. Well, that we, was a trade. We acquired him in a trade. Okay, it was yes. a trade. <laughs> trade trades don't count, or else there'd probably be a couple others on here. Uh, Carlos Emmons is a really good guess, and I I struggle. I almost put him on here. Um, he won Defensive Player I, I, of the Year, or no? He won like Defensive MVP. He was really good before he got to the Giants. He was with Philly. He was, he was really he was really good. That's um, why it didn't work. Well, of course. He was a plant. He was a plant. That's what Jason Garrett is today. But let's not talk about today. Carlos um, is, a, is a very good guess, but no, not not quite. All right. Where where are we at? No, no more 2016 free agents. No. Um you want oh, hit? oh, I know who you hate. Jeff Schwartz. Mm, number one, <laughs> Jeff Schwartz. I first of all, on a personal level, I I fucking hate Jeff Schwartz. I think he is one of the most epic losers on NFL Twitter. Um, he tweets like he was an all pro. He tries to dissect the game like he was an All-American before he was an All-Pro. He lives in his brother's shadow, his younger brother who won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs and went on to be one of the best tackles in football. 
Jeff Schwartz signed a four-year, 16, almost $17 million deal with the Giants. He wrote a big article about his whole journey about it, and then he played, I don't know, six games, and he did nothing. The Giants' first investment in an offensive lineman that they thought was good, Jerry Reese thought was good, and trying to make that offensive line better was Jeff Schwartz, and he couldn't have panned out worse. He was always hurt. He's a fat slob. He's disgusting. There is nothing about that man I like, and I wish him I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause. I'm going to pause. I hope he's very happy. I wish him nothing but happiness. But on the football field for the New York Giants, he was atrocious. Number you one, he gets Jeff Schwartz. Really, you hope he really gets bad shits. Diarrhea. Beautiful. We could say that, right? Yeah. Larry I don't Zonka. Like, I don't like Jeff Schwartz at all. Larry Zonka is really good because he did not pan out at all. But And also the miracle in the Meadowlands, that, that handoff yeah. is going to him. Yeah, I'm well aware. You don't have to tell me twice. This is a Giants history podcast. I, I'm 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 well versed. But no. So you have you have one, two, and five. I have three. Yeah, I have three total. Um three total. You got two left. One, two, and five. I think there's uh yeah, you'll get you should get both. Yeah. Hmm. You want you want a hint? Uh, can I have a hint? Very recently. Both of them. Nate Solder. Nate Solder, number three. Um, Nate Solder is the quite the topic of conversation nowadays, uh, as apparently the Giants are trying to rework his contract to bring him back, which whatever, if he plays for $4 million this year, fine. Um, but we're not getting into that. This is a history podcast. He signed for four years, $62 million. And at the time, I think it was $35 million guaranteed. And at the time, that was the richest contract for an offensive lineman. Yeah. And Giants fans everywhere will tell you that well, it couldn't have been worse than Eric Flowers. You're right. I get I get it. I get that point. I get the need for Nate Solder. I get it. But in a rebuilding year, maybe it's more general manager in incompetence well, at the well, time. It wasn't, it wasn't a rebuilding year, remember? Yeah, you're right. You're right. To them, it was not a rebuilding year. Um, but Nate Solder, he hasn't even come remotely close to living up to this contract. He's still on the team that, and he's number three on this list. That's how bad it is. Justin. He is a very, when he got here from day one, he was an awful, 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 awful left tackle. When did he, what, what, where is he on your list? I would have almost, he's number three. And number where, where three. was Jeff, where was Jeff Schwartz? Number one. Okay. So I'm missing somebody that you hate a little bit more than Nate Solder, but you don't hate as much as Jeff Schwartz. Correct. And I, like I said, very recently. Very recently, and I'm um, glad you stopped me on the on the Nate Soldier stuff. Because yeah, it's I, like I could have kept going. Yeah, I know. I know, beating a dead horse. Offense or defense? Offense. Very Gold, recent. Golden Tate. Golden Tate. There you go, buddy. There you go. I'm very impressed. Very good. Carlos Emmons was going to sneak his way into there, and you guessed him like second. So I'm very impressed. Golden Tate number four. I mean, I didn't hate the OBJ trade at all. But to go out and then double down on, on a 30-year-old Golden Tate was not the right move. 40, the like fact, 24 or 48 hours later. Exactly. <laughs> we, we thought at the time, okay, you're trading OBJ. We're going to rebuild. We're going to get picks. We're going to do – and then you go and spend $32 million on Golden Tate, who has proved nothing and provided nothing for this team. Finally, he's cut. Golden Tate was an absolute abomination of a signing. I think he had one play that I'll remember, and that was the Daniel Jones – touchdown when in new England, when the ball was tipped and that was it. 
Yeah. Um, so he had, some, he had some fun plays, but you know, it's some just, fun plays. Absolutely. But he was never the consistent guy. Not, that worth, we needed. 10, not worth 10 mil. And, uh, you know, the, I'm actually glad that you put him in front of solder. Cause I do, I, I will always I view didn't. the. He's fourth. Golden Soldier. Tate. Yeah. Tate's third. Uh, I thought, I thought he was second. No, Tate's fourth Soldier's third. That's fine. Either, either way. I, I get what you're saying. I get yeah. what you're saying. Well, I would I would put Tate in front of Solder. I, I I know, and I know because most Solder were. at the time was, was a like, need. We just need to get a body, right? And and it was Tate Eric Flowers. Eric Flowers or a Super Bowl champion left tackle. That's yeah. why I said I I get it. Uh, it was that was more performance too. Like Golden Tate has more kind of oomph behind it, if that makes yeah. sense. Like he did not need to be signed. Um, so okay. yes, Jeff Schwartz, Lavar Arrington, Nate Solder, Golden Tate. Um. And Olivier Vernon. Those are my five worst, and I know there's plenty. So, guys, please tell me who else I missed or who else you should have thought you should have been on there. So we may hustle a little bit through your pantry. Yes, we are. We're going to hustle very quick because I know we're, we're rolling, um, rolling deep. I'm just going to go turn around really quick. These are the best free agent signings in Giants history. Go ahead. I know. I can't uh-huh. talk. Go ahead. Uh-huh. <laughs> Intro roll. Intro roll. You start off pretty good. Number three, an absolute stud signing from the Arizona Cardinals back in, I think it was 2010. Uh, defensive leader for the 2000 uh, Super Bowl 46, I should say, not 2011. Uh, Super Bowl 46 champions. Intro roll. Number three. It's pretty high. Leader. Great leader. Captain. Called out his coach, his team, everything. You want to hear something crazy? I mean, you're going to tell me either way. So, 96 tackles, 96 tackles, 98 tackles. Though that was, was his stud. that was his first three years with the Giants. Money well spent, money very well spent. But you still have nine more, and they should went, come quick. Went between free safety and strong safety, crazy. Okay, um, Plaxico. Plaxico Burris is number one. Wow. Yeah. There um, was a, there was a list recently. I know where we had, I think our favorite giants, right? Was that, our, was that, no, that, that was yeah, the players we love players. We loved and Plexico was an honorable mention. Yeah. Because I snacks, there was a part of me where, when I was struggling to guess for a hot sec, worst free agents of all time. And I, and I was like, Oh, who's number one. I thought you were going to put Plax at number one because of how I'm like, are you that petty that he fucked us over? <laughs> In 2008, well, you know, I am, yeah. <laughs> you know, I know you, know, you. <laughs> you know, I am. Um, but there was no free agent signing that ever made an impact like he did. Yeah. Think about it. If Plaxico doesn't come in, Eli is never what he is. In my opinion, in my opinion, he, he caught the biggest catch in Giants history. You, I, of Second, course you are third, what? third, who Tyree and Manningham. Hey, you want to know what? I, I'm going to put it down to fourth. I think, uh, I think Ingram. Ingram uh, in uh, Super Bowl 25 made 25, a big Yeah, okay. I get it. You're so right. Fuck you. You're right. His route, but okay, how about he ran the best route ever? <laughs> how about that? Yes. All Eli had to do was just boop. Yes, boop. that's that's fair. So, so you're right. So Plaxico, not the best catch, but the most memorable catch, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and he made Eli blossom into what Eli became. So I, I as much as I hate what Plax did to end his Giants career, I cannot 
put I cannot not put him at number one on this list. So best Giants free agent signings of all time. Number one, Plexco Burris. I'm gonna rip off three hog mollies and I you tell me where they are. Okay. Kareem McKenzie, Sean O'Hara, Fred Robbins. Wow. You were so close. <laughs> you were so damn close. Sean O'Hara is number four. Uh-huh. Kareem McKenzie's number five. Uh, I'm sorry, Fred Robbins is number five, and Kareem McKenzie's number six. Sean O'Hara, Kareem McKenzie completed that line. They drafted Deal. They drafted so or they un- Soybert was an undrafted free agent in 2001, and they drafted Deal. And then they brought in two guys that were complete pros and complete studs for, what, three or four years in O'Hara and McKenzie. And, boy, did they ever pay dividends. So you got four, five, six right off the bat. And number one, I'm very impressed. And Fred Robbins. We don't have to talk about Fred Robbins. I've talked enough about Yeah, him. we've talked about enough of Um, Give me some Kerry Collins love. You knew it, didn't you? Yeah. You knew it. Kerry Collins, number seven. Um, It's not easy finding a quarterback that you don't draft. Am I wrong? It's tough. It's tough. If you don't draft a quarterback, you may not have one. And the Giants, in I think it was 1998 or 97, whatever the year was, they went out and they found a quarterback in free agency, and it was Kerry Collins. And he led them to numerous winning seasons, numerous playoff berths, and a Super Bowl appearance. Kerry Collins, for whatever I've called him in the past, for whatever mistakes he's had, whatnot, how bad he was in Super Bowl 34 against the Ravens, he was a damn good quarterback for the Giants, and he was one that you found in free agency, which you don't normally do. So Kerry Collins is off the mat right there. He's got beautiful blue eyes. He came in, drank all his beer, all his whiskey, all his tequila, and he came in here and he slung the ball left and right to Jaravicious, to Hilliard, to Toomer, to Greg Camilla, to everybody. Kerry Collins, number seven, just because of how hard it is to find a quarterback in free agency, and they, and they did. I could be wrong here. I know for a fact Dave Tollefson was drafted by the Green Bay Packers. You're right. Is he? Do we? Is he on your list? Because technically, that honor, is a free agent. Honor, honorable mention. Okay, that's fair. Honorable mention. All right, so then let me get an obvious one out of the way. Antonio Pierce. Antonio Pierce. I was waiting for this. Number two, Antonio Pierce, the defensive captain for the Super Bowl 42 champions. Um, he just brought a life to that to that defense that was not there before signing in 05 and staying until his, his neck gave out a few years after the 07 Super Bowl. Antonio Pierce, our defensive leader, our defensive captain, all in all amazing guy. One of the best football players I've ever seen in the NFC championship game against green Bay. Antonio Pierce, number two. Are you counting undrafted free agents as part of your free agents? You could. Yes, but I will tell you now there are none of those. Okay, because I was going to say like Henry Hynoski, who I think no. was an undrafted free agent. He was, yes, but no, he's not up there. Okay, so now this is where I struggle. I will say, I, I will say right now you have you have Burris, Pierce, Roll, O'Hara, uh, Robbins, McKenzie, Kerry Collins. You have eight, nine, ten left. You got Marcus Golden on there. Next. <laughs> Get it out of your system. Go ahead. Just say like two sentences about Marcus Golden. I no, I mean, he, he was a good, I, I don't know if I would put yeah, him he, top he, 10. 
he was good for a year. He was good. Yeah, I, but I'm just trying to think also, I, I'm struggling. So can I have a hint? Okay, yes, you could have a hint. Um, one was on the 2017 and the other two oh, were on the 2011 the team. Kavika Mitchell. Kavika Mitchell, baby, number 10. Uh, he was there for one year, and he was a late signing in free agency, if you remember correctly. Um, he signed late with the Giants before training camp, and he came in. And it's funny, we, he, uh, he has a, a, lot of, a lot of Tom Coughlin chapter space in our book that we're going to get to next week. Uh, we don't talk about him then, but he, we will later on. Kavika Mitchell, number 10, was an integral part of the 07 uh, Super Bowl 42 team, so I had to put him on there. We're reaching here. Dion Grant. You're not reaching. Not reaching. I not, love you're it. You're not reaching at all. Dion Grant, number nine. Um, Dion Grant, we signed him when he was older. I think 33. Correct me if I'm wrong. 30, if he his, was older. His final two years were in blue. Um, yeah. Yeah. He was, he, he was older. And when we signed him, it was almost like today's day where we signed Jonathan Stewart for – uh, motivational to our Don't stud you running back. Dare. No, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm no. just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I almost thought of Dion Grant back in the day when I read about him. Like, okay, he's older. Maybe he plays a few snaps here and there, but he's never going to be like an integral part. He maybe he's depth. He's just a, a leader in the locker room or something like that. Dion Grant turned out to be one of the most important players of our team in 2011. So, w- without a shadow of a doubt, I'm putting him on this list. And I, I, I'm excited for you to get the last one. So for the last two minutes of this podcast, we could talk about who I maybe left off. But Deion Grant deserves to be on this list for what he did all year. Never missed a game. And he was on the field the whole. I th- He was one of the few players that I don't know if he missed a snap. Deion Grant, number nine. Giants fans, we wouldn't know what the term moneybacker is without a Deion Grant. He was the first guy that in- introduced it go. to us. Jeff Fegels. Jeff Fegels. Great guess. Not on the list. Whoa. All right. Then I'm lost. You're lost. Oh, buddy. Come on. Come oh, on. no. Oh, no. This is bad. Offense or defense? Defense. Defense. Not. A, it can't be on this the is, I think line. this might get me some hate because he's even before Deion Grant. Hmm. Actually, I think this is probably well, going to get we'll, me a Well, hate. Sam Madison. Yeah. I, I thought about Sam. He's an honorable mention, but no. What part? What what part of the defense? He was a linebacker, 2011. Linebacker too. Oh, Chase Blackburn. No, because Giants. Oh, oh, they well they then they cut him and then they signed then they him. Cut okay. him and then resigned. Yes. Okay. okay. I, didn't, I didn't include that because I thought that was bullshit. Okay, I, I'm I I'm stumped. You'll not. Well, of course you'll not when I tell you. He was really good in the against Aaron Rodgers in the divisional round. In 2011. Really good. He probably was the player of the game that game. Besides Hakeem Nicks. You got me. Michael Bowley. Oh. Michael Bowley. My yeah. favorite. One of my favorite moments in Giants history is when he fucking heaves that football into that into that poor dude's face. Oh, on, against the Rams. On Monday Night Football. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Dude, Picks Michael, Bo- Michael yeah. Bowley was very good. Maybe not. Maybe not. Okay. Maybe not very good, but he was a good ball player. Yeah, and he was. I thought to me was a very integral part of the Super Bowl Forty Six run. Uh, like I said against Green Bay, he he was dominant. He sacked Rogers twice, forced a fumble. He was really damn good. So I I have Michael Bowley at number nine. 
Um, him and Dion Grant were very close. And I, I actually, to be honest, I flipped a coin and Bully went ahead of Dion Grant. Okay. So we have Plax, we have Pierce, we have Antrell Roll, we have Sean O'Hara, we have Fred Robbins, we have Kareem McKenzie, we have uh, Kerry Collins, we have Michael Bully, we have Dion Grant, we have Kabika Mitchell. The top, t- Kabika, Kabika, the top 10 best free agent New York Giants signings that we have seen. And that is my pantry. And I loved it. Justin, who did I omit? No one. No one, right? No one. I don't think so. Well, I'm saying no Fiegel. one because your your list is not wrong. My list. That's such a good point. You are such a smart man. You know, sometimes it kills me how much how much smarter you are than I am. I try my hardest and I do my don't best. Clip okay. That. Don't clip that. Oh, now you gave me the idea. Okay. Um, <laughs> we love you all. Thank you for listening. Uh, the whole point of these shows was to not be that long, but Snacks and I, we have too much fucking fun. Yeah, um, I also it. talked for the first 40% of it. So, um, <laughs> well, you had, you had to get the history in, but it's true. Me and Justin literally will call each other an hour before the show. We think 30, 35 minutes tonight. Yeah. We, okay. It's that's like good. We can't do more. We're can't trying to it. make this a yeah. show. We're right. not trying to make this a podcast, but Hey, I, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people watching on the YouTube right now. Watch me be wrong. Uh, but it's been really cool to have everybody kind of stick around and watch the premiere on the YouTube. If you're not, if you're listening on the podcast or if you're watching it afterwards, um, Mondays at 6 p.m. on the Talking Giants YouTube channel, we we hang out with everybody and we watch the premiere together. Um, so we'll see you next week. Snacks, we're getting back to that Tom Coffin book. So two more weeks of the Tom Coffin book. And then we'll have some, you know, believe it or not, we're going to be in draft month. So um, talking giants, we're going to have our own draft month, the previewing draft prospects, bleeding blue. We're going to have our own draft month. And Mm -hmm. we're going to do a bunch of stuff for the NFL draft too. Clearly there's not a lot of information out there for giants, free agents, but for the draft, there's a shit ton. You got damn right. And there's a lot of exciting times for bleeding blue. Talking giants is about to do what they normally do in the draft season. And that's the best goddamn coverage you could possibly find. Uh, we go back to Coughlin next week, and we just we're just gonna keep rolling. So let us know who your favorite free agent signings or worst free agent signings were. I'd love to hear them. Please tell me because I'm a moron and I probably forgot a few. So I love you guys. Thanks for watching. Justin. Keep on blue. We will see you next week. Baby.